I, I don't know. This is feeling very seven. <laughs> like this is incredible. Seven. What's in the box? What's in the box, Jill? Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 314 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hello, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Still cold. As it's, We've hit that point of winter where it's just like I found myself daydreaming just about walking my dogs in the warmth earlier today. Like not even an exciting thing. I was just like, I'm just excited for having a t-shirt on at some point. The weather is very back and forth these days. Yeah. We had like four seasons in one day. We did. Really, this, this week. It was super cool. We did. Uh, you want to tell people what we're doing today? It's our March Books episode. Yeah. So what, what's what's that mean? Really? Jill? I don't know. We can... <laughs> so for our longtime listeners are very familiar with this, but for anyone who is new, every month, Adam and I pick um, books for the upcoming month that we think we just want to like feature and highlight because um, they sound interesting to us or for a variety of reasons. Yeah. So... That's what this episode is. Um, you will not, don't try and like have to write everything down if you're listening in the car or whatever. We put all the titles in the show notes. Um, we do not, the rules are we do not consult with each other. We did about one book because we wanted to make sure yeah. somebody had it on their list. Because uh-huh. more than once we've had problems where it's like we just assume the like, other person is going to have it and on. And it's just not there. And then it's not there. So we've only consulted about one book. Um I am worried there were a couple that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Like, if you were to ask, normally we'll ask you like how many books we have, and then we'll go back and forth. But if you were to ask me, my list technically has like 15 books. I'm not gonna talk about all of them because some of these I was like, I know Jill's gonna have yeah, them. I, I thought about doing that and did not, so I only have my nine. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's still like over 20. What we might start doing here is like talk about some of these books we're really excited about, and then just tell you to look in the show notes because we also make also this possible. whole collection. On overdrive.com, and we put it on our website, professionalworknerds.com, where you can see like everything we're excited about. So, depending on how, that's kind of what I did last month when you sent me your books. And I basically got tired of hearing my own voice saying all of our books. So, I did like two thirds of them, and I was like, the rest are on, on that's our website. Um, also, because there's a ton of books that I thought this month that there were, and they were, there are a lot, I don't want to say similar books, but there were definitely mm. trends. Yeah, I agree. Um, so if you are listening to this and you want more recommendations or you have feedback or you have books that you're excited about, you can always email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com or just tweet us or send us an Instagram message at probooknerds. Um, anytime people send us messages on those things, I like to share them because obviously we know a lot about books, but there's so many books out there. So we definitely probably have some fall through the cracks. So. That's everything. Um, do I get the first one out of the way? We don't even have to talk about it very long because sure. she's coming on on Monday. True. Um, so our first one is The Lady from the Black Lagoon by Mallory O'Mara. Hi, Mallory. Hi, Mallory. <laughs> uh, Mallory is the co-host of the Reading Glasses podcast. She also um, on Monday has a... Um, on her, her, her book comes out on Tuesday. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, literally her book comes out Tuesday. The day before, a movie that she executive produced is also coming out. She has a big week. Um, also on Monday, I mean, just as big as having your own movie coming out, she's going to be on our podcast. Uh, so I interviewed her this week. So will we get all all into the book? Um, it's all about the person 
woman who who designed the concept of the creature from the Black Lagoon. So we get into that, but we both love Mallory. So book's really good too. The book is so good; it's so wonderful, uh, and it's it's nice to not have to like lie about that about when it's your friend. You know, you know, you're Joe's making a face because she knows what I mean. But like, I always get worried when I, someone I know like, hey, here's this book, and then it's so wonderful when it's really good. So it's good stuff. Um, so yeah, on Monday you can hear all about that one. Uh, you can actually start if you want. Okay. Um. I don't even. I didn't even really think about this. I never put these in any kind of order. I don't I'm really like, either. What do I feel like talking about? Uh huh. I have no idea. What okay. How about um? Oh, we'll do this one. Okay. So first one I have. I'm not gonna actually say the full title because of the podcast. Um, it's the Effit Diet book by Caroline Duner. <laughs> it's totally like fair. F apostrophe C K. Uh, or not apostrophe the asterisks. Um, so I follow Caroline on, um, Instagram where she has, this is basically like an anti-diet book. Um, it's sort of somewhat similar to intuitive eating, but she kind of takes it in her own direction. She talks a lot about, um, why diets don't work and what you can kind of do instead. I got an advanced copy of it and, one of my favorite things about it is that she backs up with a lot of science and data, and I learned a lot. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I learned a lot about things I – I mean, some of it I already knew, but then she sort of expanded on a lot of things. Um, so she – yeah, she just kind of talks about the inherent flaws of dieting and diet culture and offers up some um, various ways of kind of – eating and going about that, not necessarily with the intention of losing weight, but just sort of figuring out food, basically. So, um, just like kind of being healthy, like, yeah, just, yeah, it's a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, that is the effort diet by Caroline Duner. Nice. Um, I'm also going to bounce around and I'm going to start with a nonfiction one too. Um, I have, and I'm guessing this one might be on your list too. The trial of Lizzie Borden. Yeah. Okay. I kind of thought so. But I know this is right up both of our alleys, so we can kind of both talk about it. But it's by Kara Robertson. Uh, this is nonfiction. So uh, this is a new account of a what's kind of considered an essential piece of American mythology, the trial of Lizzie Borden. So uh, the author has spent 20 years researching this, which is crazy to me. Um, but Lizzie Borden had one of the most famous murder trials in American history. Uh, there were these two people, Andrew and Abby Borden, were brutally murdered in 1892. And uh, the couple's younger daughter, Lizzie, got arrested and it turned into this international case. And uh, so this kind of goes into the Lizzie Borden trial and uncovers all this new information about it. So just really excited. Um, I don't usually do true crime stuff but this one it's maybe just because it's so like historical it drew me in i think there's just something about lizzie borden yeah just as a whole there's like a rhyme to the about lizzie borden there is the wax yeah it's a i can't remember what it is but something about like 20 and 30 wax yeah which is not correct but i think i think she just i think lizzie as a as a figure has just sort of entered the American mythology mm-hmm. um, and true crime 
because at the time it was just so, I mean, yeah, trial of the century. Um, And like actually, not how they just say that for like every trial. Correct. Actually, trial of the century. Um, And because it's, and I also think she she as a figure has entered and and the the whole incident of of Lizzie Borden um, because it's still not conclusive about whether she was guilty or not. Right. And it's both sides have, there's literature on both sides. So, yeah. So how's the trial of Lizzie Borden? Can't talk about that one. No, just kidding. Uh. Uh, (laughs) I have uh, Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Did you put this one on? Yeah, this is why I have one of those episodes. This is why I have a huge list because I knew there was some, and I was like, I I want to talk about these things too. So yeah, go for it. Um, So this is about Daisy, a girl um, coming of age in LA in the late 60s. She's sneaking into clubs on the Sunset Strip because of course, sleeping with rock stars because of course. (laughs) (laughs) And... um, very sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but she um, is noticed by this band, um, The Six, which is led by the brooding, I always love that, brooding Billy Dunn, and on the eve of their first tour, his girlfriend Camilla finds out she's pregnant, and with the pressure of impending fatherhood and fame, Billy goes a little wild on the road. Um, So Daisy and Billy cross paths when a producer realizes that the key to supercharged success is to put the two of them together and what happens next will become the stuff of legend. So this is a novel, but there are several things I like about this. One, who doesn't love like band stuff? Absolutely. Band, you know, but the best part about this, what really hooked me about this book is it's written as an oral history. I'm so glad you brought this up. If you didn't, I was going to because that drew me in too. I love oral histories yeah i love them and this idea i'm like imagining like a behind the music vh1 thing with this book (laughs) yeah i to me it's like a novel like a novelization version of almost famous right yes yeah i thought about almost famous too yeah i just i love i'm so excited for this one yeah and there's just something about that time period that time frame like late 60s early 70s and i think a lot of it has to do with having parents who were like my my parents wouldn't be if my mom's listening she would not deny this they are very much like woodstock hippies and like this kind of music with like janice joplin and all that like that's the music i grew up on and so it's very like almost, like weirdly like nostalgic even though I wasn't alive, obviously. Oh, I grew up listening to Fleetwood Mac because of yep. my dad. My dad, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, Stevie and Lindsay. This is going to be like a Stevie and Lindsay thing, isn't mm-hmm. it? <laughs> Did I ever tell you about getting to see Mc, uh, McFleetwood like live? I don't know if I've ever... in Hawaii? Yes. Okay, I know I've told you. I don't know if I told anyone else. So... My wife and I did our honeymoon in Maui, and there is a little tiny uh, whaling village there called Lahaina. And on Lahaina, they have this like little strip of um, restaurants and all these beautiful things. And there is a place called Fleetwoods on Front Street. Front Street is the name of the street. Fleetwoods is for Mick Fleetwood. And we were there, and they have this rooftop deck overlooking the Pacific Ocean. And we were there, and there's this big party, and we asked our, like, person we're like what's going on here and the bartender was like oh it's mcfluid's mom's like 90 90th birthday or something so um they're here they're hanging out he's gonna be here in a little bit and he's gonna play a show so i got to like sit and watch mcfluid in his own restaurant play music that same thing like i grew up listening to because i didn't think i was like he's not gonna play fleetwood mac songs and he super played fleetwood <laughs> mac songs and it's like this is the, that was like top five coolest moments of my life 
Anyway, that's Daisy Jones and the Six. We're both excited about <laughs> both excited about that one, as you can clearly tell. I like this format better, like actually talking about books a little bit longer and maybe talking about less of them. Just I mean, I'm real time. So are you thinking. saying for like future reference? Yeah, you I like elaborate. This. I like that's this. Fine. This is fun. Um, my next one is The Island of Sea Women by Lisa C, which is just I has nothing to do with it. I just it made me chuckle. You know, I'm just, you know, just having one of those moments. Okay, so this is about two young Korean women living on an island of Jeju. Their names are Mija and Young Suk. They're best friends, but they come from very different backgrounds. Uh, and when they grow old enough, they begin working with the sea, which is what their uh, female, their villages, all female diving collective. This is how they, they make their living. Um, so despite their love for each other, their differences are impossible to ignore. And it's set over many decades of their lives uh, during Japanese colonialism in the 1930s and 40s, leading through World War II and um, and the Korean War and, and its aftermath. And I don't know, there's just something, the story sounds really interesting about having these these women who are living on this island where it's entirely sea-based economy for them. And um, But also going through all these things, like taking a community and a civilization and a um, culture that I don't really know anything about, but weaving in their lives with things that I am familiar with, with all these different wars and stuff. It sounded like a really unique uh, take on it. So I'm very much on board and I'm really interested to see. Um, I'm curious if this reminds me of like Pachinko because it sounds kind of yeah. similar to Minjin Lee's book about uh, family told of like a sweeping like situation about kind of similar location in the world. So. Um, that is The Island of Sea Women by Lisa C. My next one is The Stranger Diaries by Ellie Griffiths. So this is about um, a high school English teacher named Claire who specializes in the work of Gothic writer R.M. Holland. She teaches a course on it every year. Then one of Claire's colleagues and closest friends is found dead with a line from one of R.M. Holland's most famous stories, The Stranger Left by Her Body. So that's great. So... <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, can you like imagine? <laughs> oh, my friend died. Oh, that's weird. There's this line that I recognize from my favorite authors. That's, that's uh, totally fine. No, don't. So like. then, um, the police are investigating, and they believe that the killer is someone Claire knows. So Claire isn't now unsure of who to trust, and she turns to her diary, which is the only outlet she has for her, you know, suspicions and fears and all that. Then one day, she notices in her diary something kind of odd. Writing that is not her handwriting left on the page of an older diary. And it says, hello, Claire, you don't know me. Yeah. So, again, that's that's totally fine. <laughs> Man, that is creepy. Um, so, yeah, that is The Stranger Diaries by Ellie Griffiths. Uh, that's... You got a copy of this, right? This Like, the cover looked super familiar to me. I believe so. But unfortunately, I get so many books. Yeah, I don't know. I feel I just, really terrible about that because I'm like, I guarantee it is probably in my second book somewhere. It might not be. It might have been. Oh, maybe I put it in the box. Did I put it in the box? Maybe put it in the box that you that you gave to a winner, perhaps. Or it might have been like Emma's desk or something. It's it's. No, I'm fairly certain I did have okay. an advanced copy. It might have gone in the box. Okay. All right. I was just curious. Hopefully, uh, who, like, yeah. If, if I don't you, remember who. was in the box, yeah. please feel free to reach out. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, my next one is Gingerbread by Helen Oyeyemi. Uh, this is super cool. It's influenced by the mysterious place Gingerbread holds in classic children's stories. And 
what she did is reimagined the idea of all these, you know, myths that we all grew up in, these fairy tales with gingerbread involved. And she took this uh, average British schoolgirl named Perdita Lee and explains that her family, part of their inheritance is this recipe for this gingerbread that they make. And Londoners, where they live, it's fine, whatever. they. It's not like it does anything special there. But where their family is originally from, uh, this, and I'm going to do, I'm going to butcher this, this Druhastrana, a far, uh, the far away land where um, their relatives grew up, like people are obsessed with it. So uh, it's all about decades later, this teenage Perdita sets out to find her mother's like long lost friends and it prompts her to tell her story. And as the book kind of follows her adventure, uh, there's jealousy and ambition and family grudges and all that stuff. But gingerbread is like the one thing that somehow ties this whole story together. And I don't understand how it's going to work at like the, I just did a confusing job of the, of explaining it because all the explanations I've seen are a little confusing, but it's just, there's something about it where I love the idea of an author taking something like, Oh, gingerbread's in a lot of fairy tales. That's really weird. Why is that? And then kind of like deconstructing it. So. It feels like it's going to be similar to um, this is the guy who wrote Wicked, um, Gregory... Gregory Maguire. Gregory Maguire, yeah. So he also wrote Hidden Sea, which is all about the Nutcracker. And like kind of this... I feel like it's going to be the same thing, like taking these stories that you don't really think too much of and then being like, why are these the things that stick in these stories? So that's Gingerbread by Helen Oyeyemi. I saw that. I was trying to remember where I heard about it. And I think Kristen mentioned it in the book challenge episode because i think you're right re fairy tale retelling i think you're right also the american version of the cover is really pretty and it's really great but the uk version of the cover is so cool it's um here i can show you and i'll maybe i'll like post it it's like a it's like a gingerbread it's like a cool drawing of like a tiny gingerbread house in the woods and the way it's just very See that sells it. That sells it in a different way than the American one does. Yeah, the American one has it's like bright peach and it has this like crow. Maybe it's a raven. I don't know. I'm thinking about crows. So I'm watching some kind of blackbird. A lot of Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah, it's a blackbird holding like an orange, and it's pretty. It's it's interesting, but the UK one is very whimsical. Yes, that seems to sell it a little bit. Yeah. differently. Mm-hmm. So my next book is the Library of Lost and Found by Phaedra Patrick. This, you nodded. No, I have a different one about libraries. That okay. I'm gonna, <laughs> I, so I, this is the, yeah, the Library of Lost and Found by Phaedra Patrick. And um, this is about librarian Martha. And she's always found it easier to connect with books and people, which I totally get. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> same. Um, though not for lack of trying, she keeps careful lists of how to help others in her superhero-themed notebook. I'm secretly hoping it's Batgirl because Batgirl was librarian, but. But it I'll has to be right. I would think. It's got. It's we'll, a missed we'll opportunity. Find out. Missed I know. opportunity. It's just that. a superhero themed notebook. So we'll see. So all that. Um, so she sometimes feels a little invisible, and then all that changes when a book of fairy tales arrives on her doorstep, and inside Martha finds a dedication written to her by her best friend, who was her grandmother Zelda. Excellent name choice. Excellent name. Um, and Zelda had died under mysterious circumstances years earlier. So when Martha discovers a clue within the book that suggests that her grandmother is still alive, she becomes determined to discover the truth. And as she delves deeper into her grandma's past, 
she unwittingly reveals a family secret that will change her life forever. Ooh, that's I. I There's like, so much here that scroll, is just fabulous. I, I didn't read the whole description. If I would have, I probably would have put it on my list too. <laughs> I read like some of it, and I feel like I stopped because like this feels like a Jill selection. Mysterious books. Yeah, I love me a mysterious book. Love it. It's, um, it's one of my favorite genres. What was the movie? With Johnny Depp, that was terrible. Thirteenth Gate or something it was all about like evil books, and he was like a rare book collector. The movie is. I don't think I saw that one. It don't. It's not good. It but... wasn't the writer one where he's like a writer. No, okay. that was that was Secret Window. Secret Window. Okay. Um, I'll have to look it up. I think it's called the Thirteenth Gate. It's he's like a uh, he's a rare book like. Basically, like a rare book investigator. Oh, speaking of Mallory, I think Mallory talked about this on their podcast actually. Because I'm getting a lot of deja vu, but like he has to find these really rare books and antiquities, kind of like a Indiana Jones for books, but not a good movie. Cool. <laughs> and he Got finds it. this evil book that's like connected to hell or something. It... Mystery books are my favorite. Yeah. Okay. So my next one. Speaking of books, I have the catalog of shipwreck shipwrecked books by Edward Wilson Lee. Uh, so this is nonfiction. And it's all about uh, Christopher Columbus's son wanted to create the world's greatest library. Um, so Christopher Columbus, famously terrible person who claimed America as his own because he got lost. So I didn't put this book on my list. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Christopher Columbus, terrible human. But his son seemingly was not, you know, murdering entire, you know, like tracks of people. All he wanted to do was create this giant library. Um and so he also is Christopher Columbus's illegitimate son. So, all right, okay, <laughs> we good now. Um, basically, he went all around the world trying to amass a library that had all books in all the languages on all the subjects. Uh, and so this is just the kind of uncovering of his story, where he travels around the world collecting books and. He, he was very much like a renaissance man so um yeah it just seems it's almost like sounds like around the world lady days but trying to collect books which also sounds like a oh that's like a ooh someone should write that book like uh you have to go to these various places and you have to collect a certain book from each of these places i probably shouldn't give out book ideas when i'm trying to come up with my own book ideas when people listen so to you this. know what? i actually totally unrelated to the topic at hand, <laughs> <laughs> the books at hand. I remember reading something somewhere on Twitter where a writer was like, look, we're all struggling to write our own books. We don't have time to take your ideas. <laughs> Great point. Very good point. That's a good point. Nobody has time to steal your ideas. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my next one is Queenie by Candace Cardi Williams. This is described as a mashup of Bridget Jones's Diary and Americana. <laughs> so this is about Queenie. She's a 25-year-old uh, Jamaican-British woman living in London, and she's kind of stuck between two cultures and not really fitting into either of them. She works at a national newspaper where she's constantly forced to compare herself to her white middle-class peers. So after a messy breakup with her white boyfriend, Queenie seeks comfort in all the wrong places, including several hazardous men who do a good job of occupying brain space and a bad job of affirming self-worth. Yeah. <laughs> so as Queenie careens from one questionable decision to another, she finds herself wondering, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And who do you want to be? All of the questions today's women must face in a world trying to answer them for her. Sounds- I just like the idea of Americana meets 
Bridget Jones' Diary. And not for nothing, speaking of covers, the cover of that one is really, really it cool. It is really cool. I'm not looking at it, but can you kind Yeah, of it has it? sort of like a, I don't have it open, but um, it's like a bright orangish kind of color. And it's, you just sort of see her in profile and she has this really fabulous um, like crown of braids on top of her head and, and the title Queenie is woven in through the hair. It's really cool. Yeah, it's it's definitely one that if I hadn't known about the book, I I want to read the book regardless, but if I hadn't, like it's one of those that you would stop at a like a bookstore and be like, what is that? Agreed. That was that's why I stopped. I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Uh, my next one is The River by Peter Heller uh, in the past. And I actually think when I was talking about my dog books, I talked about his book, The Dog Stars, which I just loved so much. Um, and so The River is about these two, these two uh, best friends, Wynn and Jack, who have uh, known each other since freshman orientation. And they bonded over their love of mountains, books, and fishing. Uh, one of them is kind of a gentle giant, and the other one is more rugged. He was raised in Colorado. One was from Vermont. And they decide to canoe the Masqua River in northern Canada. And then it's just there's a wildfire, and then it's just they have an unexpected journey through nature. And this is one of my favorite kind of um, genres is like unexpected nature adventures so like hatchet or like jack london books those types of things um hatchet especially i remember like growing up good old hatchet loving hatchet um uh yeah those those stories and kind of like we were talking about the book that created homeward bound (laughs) which has cats and dogs that's like an animal unexpected (laughs) journey one so that's the river by peter heller if you read dog stars i feel like this is going to be very similar um yeah i'm on board for that my next one is The Quintland Sisters by Shelley Wood. So for those who, this is fiction, but for those of you who don't know The Quintland Sisters, um, they were uh, the first, um, the world's first identical quintuplets to survive birth. They were born in Canada. Um, they had a really sad life story, didn't they? Well, yeah. So it's actually, I mean, The Quintland is not their last name. That's actually from quintuplets. They're the, the right. Dion quintuplets. But um, yeah, so they... Were born in Canada um, in the 1930s. Their parents were poor um, farmers who were um, f- French. And when they were little, they were um, basically taken away from their parents mm-hmm. <laughs> and kind of made into like sideshow. Literally, like a, almost like a freak show. Yeah, yeah. like a freak show. Um, they uh, were wards of the British king who kind of built this like playground for them and people could come and visit them and yeah it's a really sad story mm-hmm. um and they're just sort of like lumped together of these quints who were tourist attraction yeah so this is um again a novel about their story as told through the eyes of um a midwife who um went on to kind of be their nurse and help raise them interesting yeah so that's the quintland sisters by shelly wood uh, my next one is, I'm not going to spend much time on it, but it's A Question of Holmes. It's the third Charlotte Holmes novel. So Brittany Caballero has created a gender-swapped uh, Sherlock Holmes. And so Sherlock is, uh, in this, it's Charlotte Holmes who is related to Sherlock Holmes. He's like an ancestor. And um, there's Watson, which is uh, Jamie Watson, which is her friend who's a male. So Watson is still a male. And yes, he's related to the Dr. Watson, which is how they end up being friends in the first one. And it's just, she 
Brittany does just like a really great job of recreating like Holmesian stories. They're really fun. It's just one of those things where if you're reading it or like I listened to the other two and it's just like when a plot twist happens, it's like one of those stories like you like audibly want to be like, oh, hell yeah, that's awesome. Like, it's just they're really great. They're a lot of fun. They're also very intriguing. And there's definitely no way you can figure out where the stories are going to go while they're happening. So uh, that's A Question of Holmes. It's the third of the Charlotte Holmes novels. I'm, I think it's going to kind of wrap up like a trilogy. Um, so you don't have to worry about getting like stuck into a, a loop of like 12 or 15 books that will be coming out, which I know some people shy away from. So really fun. Highly recommend it. Um, they're sort they're kind of young adult. Um, but honestly, they're more, I would say they're like more like new adult. They, they cat, we categorize them on overdrive as young adult, but there's some stuff in there that's, yeah. there's some like drugs and, and sure. like some stuff like that. So just a heads up. My next one is Inspection by Josh Mallerman. No? No. Okay. I was, I'm so, like scrolling through like trying to see. So Josh Mallerman, of course, wrote Bird Box, which is that Netflix movie that probably everyone watched. Um, so Inspection is about Jay. That's just the initial, not J-A-Y. Jay is a student at a school deep in a forest far away from the rest of the world. He is one of only 26 students, all of whom think the school's enigmatic founder is their or as their father. Um, Jay's peers are the only people and families ever known. Students are being trained to be prodigies of art, science, and athletics. And their life is at the school is all that they know and all they are allowed to know. But Jay starts to suspect that there is something out there um, beyond the forest that surrounds them. And that the founder does not want him, that the founder does not want him to see. And he's starting to ask questions about the purpose of the school and why they're there and why can't they leave. So on the other side of the forest... There's a school very much like Jay's, and it's there's a girl named Kay. Again, just the initial, not K-A-Y. Okay. So Jay has never seen a girl, and Kay has never seen a boy. And they're both sort of asking these questions and starting to investigate the secrets of these two very strange schools. Um, and there's just, yeah, so much here. That sounds so good. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. So that is Inspection by Josh Mallerman. So speaking of Josh Mallerman, who wrote Bird Box, I have a book called The Bird King by G. Willow Wilson. Uh, so this is a novel that tells the story of Fatima, who is a concubine in the royal, co- royal court of Granada, the last emirate of Muslim Spain, and her dearest friend Hassan, who's a palace map maker who can draw maps of places he's never been to. And then he can bend the shape of reality kind of around what he wants it to look like. So when when representatives of this newly formed Spanish monarchy arrive to negotiate the sultan's surrender, uh, Fatima befriends one of the women, not realizing that she will see Hassan's gift as sorcery and a threat to Christian Spanish rule. Ugh, Christians, right? As a a Christian, I can say that. I feel like I'm in the clear, but... um, with their freedom at stake, what will Fatima risk to save Hassan and escape the palace walls? Uh, they traverse Spain with the help of a clever djinn. Love me some djinn magic. Uh, and the bird king asks us to consider what love is and the price of freedom at a time when the West and Muslim world were not yet separate. So that's The Bird King by G. Willow Wilson. I have one book left. Okay. I have like a, I'm, oh, just yeah, like, right. okay. I'm just like jumping around. So my last one is Woman 99 by Greer McAllister. 
So when Charlotte Smith's uh, wealthy parents commit her beloved sister, Phoebe, to the infamous Golden Grove Asylum, Charlotte knows there is more to um, the story than just madness. And so she risks everything and follows her sister inside, surrendering her real identity as a privileged young lady of San Francisco society to become a nameless inmate woman 99. And then the longer she stays, she realizes that the many of the women at Golden Grove aren't insane. They're merely inconvenient. And that her search for the truth threatens to dig up secrets that some very powerful people would do anything to keep. So this actually happens. Like this is not... um, Fiona Davis actually dealt with um, a very similar thing in in, um, the the address i think about this idea that asylums women were just kind of sort of like sent to insane asylums just to like not be dealt with yeah just to like be forgotten about that's what t.s Eliot did to his wife sorry t.s Eliot, i love you but you were kind of a dick <laughs> not great <laughs> yeah <laughs> not great not great. um so yeah so this is a thing that that used to happen that women were just sort of sent away to not be dealt with to be forgotten these you know the people in their lives just wanted them gone so um so yeah so i'm really looking forward to this one so that's woman 99 by greer mccallister i'm gonna talk about two more just because one i don't really need to spend a lot of time on but the first one i think is really important and i hope a lot of people will read it it's called internment by samir ahmed Um, this is young adult and it reminds me a lot of like the hate you give it's set in a horrifying near future united states 17-year-old Layla Amin is forced into an internment camp for Muslim American citizens with her parents. With the help of newly made friends also trapped in the internment camp, in the internment camp, her boyfriend on the outside and an unexpected alliance, Layla begins a journey to fight for freedom, leading to a revolution against the internment camp's director and his guards. Just feels very timely and important, and I just feel like it's going to get a lot of attention. Um, so that's internment by Samir Ahmed, and completely opposite direction uh there is a book coming out by patrick mcgilligan which is called funny man which is basically a biography of mel brooks who is my favorite uh human being when it comes to comedy of all time so i will devour this i'm very excited about it so it's just called funny man it's basically the biography of of mel brooks so don't need to dive into there so um i have a bunch more that we'll just put into the show notes and also on our website so you can see our, our full collection there um but those are a smattering of our the books we're excited about for march yeah. so uh anything else you think people should know about i don't think so okay um only thing is so this is coming out thursday and i think i mentioned this briefly prior but if you are going to the tucson book festival we will have the digital bookmobile there right in the middle of the entire festival uh, i will be there and we're having some authors come and say hi, uh, Marie Benedict. R.O. Kwan is going to stop by. Susanna Kearsley. Um, so we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some authors. We're going to have a whole bunch of stuff going on. So if you're at the Tucson Book Festival, come see our digital bookmobile and say hi. And aside from saying hi to me, just like the bookmobile is really cool. It's a it is. cool thing to see. So I think that's everything. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah. so too. Cool. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed these picks and I hope you enjoy, uh, you know, all the books that are coming out in March. And yeah, hope you enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. 
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.